0: Thank you. Okay, I'm Maria, I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi Maria. Hi, Maria. Welcome back, everybody. I'm gonna take it on from here into um, step three. Um, wonderful step three. So we're gonna start out on page 58 on how it works, right? We read it at a lot of meetings. Everybody knows how it works, right? Uh, the problem is um, this book, in, in it's time of, of being written, was not a self-help book. It was never intended to be a self-help book. It's a self-abandonment book. But if it were written today under the guise of a self-help book, it probably would be chapter one, step one, chapter two, step two, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times what happens with us is I come in here and I go, all right, I think I have this thing. Where do I start? Let me go to how it works. I do myself a huge disservice if I do that. I'm picking up a book that... All the pages before how it works are step one and step two That's the foundation and the cornerstone of my recovery and if I'm missing those I'm gonna build a very shoddy building. It's not gonna have a firm foundation. It's gonna fall apart So I need to know what I suffer from Truly what makes me a compulsive overeater. It's not that uh, You know, I'm fat and I want to learn how to eat properly that has nothing to do with it There's something deeper going on here with me Um, And I find those beautiful, that information that's vital in those beautiful pages before this. So we've covered step one. We've covered step two. It should be happening that the steps are going to propel me in each step. Once I take one fully, it automatically takes me to the next one. So step one, I'm powerless. If I truly understand what that means, then by default, I must need a power. And it better... If it's not me, it must be bigger than me, right? Step two. Step three is simply, I'm gonna make a decision to seek power. Nancy said we have to start becoming seekers, right? How do I do that? Very simply, I make a commitment to work the rest of the program as quick as possible without any farting around. Nobody ever told me that, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I was like, no, I really don't get step three. I don't understand all this. How do I make a decision to turn my will and my life? We're going to keep it real simple, right? So um, it tells me what I need on, um, in how it works. On page 58, Bill talks about honesty, 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 honesty. And what he's talking about is a very specific brand of honesty. It's self-honesty. Mm-hmm. i got to get real about me and my thinking, my delusional thinking. Now, that would be as if I was drowning and I'm trying to save myself by pulling on my own hair. I can't do that. I can't fix my own delusions because I'm delusional. So I need the help of a guide. I need somebody, somebody that has been this way before that knows how I'm thinking because they used to think just like me. And luckily, we have the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous that can help us with that. How great is that? So it tells me I need all this stuff. I need to be honest and fearless from the very start. And then it tells me that I'm probably gonna balk. Now, the definition for balking is to stop in one's tracks and course and obstinately refuse to move or act. Anybody ever done that? Mm -hmm. I gave my dog a bath the other day. He's a bulldog, he's very stubborn. And I was talking to him in the bathtub, and I said, you know, I don't know why you just can't go with, go with the jode, go with the prodding. I'm t- if you just go with me, I'm going to get this done so much quicker, and you won't have to fight me. And I'm listening to myself talk to my dog, <laughs> thinking, I need to hear exactly that same thing. <laughs> I'm, you know, constantly fighting things that I know are good for me. And I'm balking, you know, obstinately. I call this my belligerent toddler. Mm-hmm. You know, she comes out a lot. I know it's good for me, but I just don't want to do it. On 59, Bill says um, that half measures in doing this program are, are going to avail you nothing. You'll get nothing. So even if I do 50% of this program, I'm not going to get 50% recovered. I'm getting zero. Zero. We stood at the turning point. Now, I'm at a turning point. I can either continue going on the way I'm going with food addiction, or I'm going to turn to something greater than me i don't know what it is yet i'm not supposed to know what it is yet all i have to do is say you know what you guys don't eat compulsively anymore you guys are living a uh seen and 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 helpful can, uh life i want that too let me take the experiment and see if i can get what you got it's that simple i don't have to figure out what it is before i do it and my mind wants to do that. Well, what are you going to ask me to do? What it, step two says Is it more important for you to understand how you got well, or is it more important to just get well? You know? So, one of the greatest prayers in this is uh, at this point is I'm going to ask. I'm at this turning point. What am I going to do? It's up to me. Am I going to stop being a belligerent toddler? Am I going to, you know, move on at the turning point? So, I have a prayer I'm going to ask God for his protection and care with complete Mm. abandon anybody know what that means complete abandon i always have one hand on something (laughs) always i can't do like that nesty plunge you know and this is what it's asking me to do why am i doing it because i don't want to die and i was dying physically from compulsive eating and i was dying emotionally and spiritually dead walk of the living dead was me you know um so that's the only reason I'm going to do this, you know? And if I don't have step one in place where I am pummeled to death by food and me, my character defects, then I'm not going to find something else. I'm not going to think I need anything else. I have another trick in my bag that I can pull out until I don't, until I don't, and I come up empty-handed. So then I'm willing to do whatever you guys do. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna skip right over the the twelve steps because these are cliff notes to our program. the the well, the steps on the wall the traditions on the wall these are our cliff notes. I can't really you know get the full <laughs> impact of of what I need to do by reading something and thinking that I'm doing it. There's a lot of action behind here timelines behind here warnings behind here that are not there that i need to find in this book so i study it and i align myself with what it tells me to do and sure enough i get what it promises me i'm going to get it's that simple so i'm going to go right over to 60 and i'm going to start with our description of the alcoholic which is step one found in all of the previous chapters and the chapter to the agnostic which is step two we agnostics Our personal adventures before Bill's story and after the stories in the back Mm -hmm. make clear three pertinent ideas so what Bill's doing is he's summarizing all right let me see make sure that if you're with me up to this point okay Bill asked me some three questions the ABCs of our program a am I a compulsive overeater who cannot manage my own life now the management of my life is not my consequences, although it looks like that at the time. Managing is not my job. I'm not supposed to be even managing, and we're going to get to that. This is really a step one question. All right? Do I believe that I'm alcoholic, um, whether I am abstinent or not? Do I believe I'm a compulsive overeater? Do I believe I have a spiritual malady? Absolutely. Step one, check. B. B. Do I believe that probably no human power could relieve my food addiction? Check. Millions of diets, lots of money, lots of spinning wheels, lots of binging and purging, lots of things that do not work. Yeah, I believe that. So that's in place. That's the first half of step two. C, do I believe that God could and, and would if I were to seek him? It doesn't say, do I believe that God, God can and will if I ask him to wave his magic wand <laughs> over me and make me abstinent today. It doesn't say that. It says, I need to do some work and he'll meet me halfway. Right? I always want the magic bullet. I want the magic pill. I want it easy. I don't want to do anything. Right? Mm-hmm. Talk about old ideas, right? Mm-hmm. I had to realize that God's only going to do for me what, I, what he can do through me. That's, that is an amazing thing. He's not going to do for me anything unless he can do it through me, right? So I got to get out of the way, slide over, let him do the work through me. So I've got all three, all, all of these two steps in place. I can say check, check, check to the ABCs, and then I move on. This is not a sauntering program. We don't, we don't just fall asleep here. We don't think that with the two conclusions and a decision. That's it. I'm not doing step work in step one. Step one was done to me by the food. Step two is a conclusion that I am a horrible manager and need to be fired. Right? Oh, yeah, that's very evident because it lands me in AA and OA. Right? So being convinced now, where am I? I'm at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over over to God as we understand him. Now, It was easier for me to understand this by changing some words around. My will is my thinking. My actions is my life, okay? So I can get around, okay, can I turn my thinking and my actions over? And I do believe in cause and effect. That's a scientific law, right? I believe in cause and effect. Without being spiritual, I get it. That if I have to do something first, I have to think it first. Nothing. All action is born in thought. That means it has to happen in my head first before I can actually go out and make it happen, right? So cause and effect, that's, that's a law. I get that. So if I can turn that over because my problem is my thinking. <laughs> it told me that back in, in step one. My thinking is my problem. So I need to be realigned. I have to have my will aligned with God's will. How do I do that? Somebody needs to be fired. Now, it's, I think my job's obsolete now. If there's a power greater than me, that means that my job's obsolete. So I need to like turn it over, right? I need a new way of living. And Bill says, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? So he says, just what do we mean by that and just what do we do? The first requirement, that insinuates that there's another requirement, but I'm just gonna stay with the first requirement, is that I have to be convinced That any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. That on that basis, Maria is always in collision with something or somebody, even though her motives are good. And do I have good motives? I love to come up with plans and designs on how this world is going to be better. And I know exactly what you should do to make it better, and I should do to make it better. And if we all work together, it would be great, and it would be a win-win (laughs) Most people... I like to put this in first person. So when you hear my name, just put your name in, right? So most people try to live by self propulsion. Maria is like an actor who wants to run the whole show. And she's forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in her own way. What's the problem with that? That's not the role of the actor. I'm only an actor. I'm taking on the role, not only director... But I'm going to do the lighting, I'm going to do the dancing, I'm going to show you what song to sing, I'm putting on the whole show, and this is my life. I can tell you absolutely, if I'm not spiritually fit, in that constant, you know, uh, conscious contact with my higher power, this is who takes over, abstinent or in the food, mostly when I'm abstinent. I see it really clearly. If only my arrangements would stay put. If only these people would do as I wish, the show would be great. Everybody, including me, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. And in trying to make these arrangements, Maria sometimes can be quite virtuous. She can be kind and considerate and patient and generous and even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, Maria can be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, I am more likely to have varied traits. I call this vying for position (laughs) I know how to get what I want and I will hit you with the nicest nicest motives or you don't do what I want and I can turn a little bit nasty not in a good way what usually happens the show doesn't come off very well and Maria thinks to think that life is not treating her right (laughs) so what do I do I don't stop doing that I'm gonna exert myself more and she becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious as the may case may be and still nothing is fitting me properly. Nothing's comfortable. Admitting that I may be someone at fault, I'm sure that other people are more to blame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I become angry, indignant, and self-pitying. This is my regular, by default, state of mind. This is my spiritual malady. What is my basic trouble? Now, this is the delusion that I'm under. Am I not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? See, people like to call it people-pleasing nowadays, and my sponsor said to me, who are you pleasing? I wasn't pleasing anybody. I was aggravating everyone. They were stepping on my toes. I was retaliating and vice versa. So people-pleasing, I take that right out of my my vernacular now. It's called self-seeking. I'm trying to get something from you, and I know how to do it. And is, uh, am I not, is Maria not the victim of the delusion that I can wrestle satisfaction and happiness out of this life if only I manage it well? Who am I trying to manage well today so I can be satisfied and happy? Well, the other day when I was washing my dog, I was trying to manage him. I don't know if anybody ever tried to manage, manage a 60 pound bulldog, it's impossible, right? But I was doing it. I try to manage my husband, then I'll be happy. I'll manage my kid. That's my biggest area of ma- of self-sufficiency and management, my kid. Horrible, right? What happens is, is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things that I want, but my actions make each of them wish to retaliate because they, too, are doing the same thing I'm doing. Everybody wants to run the show, right? Is Maria not even in her best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony. Oh yes, I am. The big book is going to take a shift in gears now. We're not talking about alcohol anymore. We're not talking about food anymore. We're gonna talk about the real problem. The real problem is right here on page 62. It's gonna tell me uh, what my real problem is. Now, if I think back on this description, if you, can you guys relate into that? Because it's not only the pushy woman. Man, it's the doormat. We're all doing the same thing. We want what we want what we want it, and we don't get it, and then we become angry and indignant. This is where it says I'm unmanageable. I'm not supposed to be managing, right? That's what it really means. I think it was Gandhi that said, it's easier to put carpet slippers on than to carpet the entire world. So I am going around trying to make sure that my life is ease and comfort everywhere I look. Let me make work comfy. Let me make my house comfy. Let me make the, new, the neighborhood comfy. Let me make everything smooth and easy going. May, let me make my kid's life so pain-free, right? All I have to do, it's impossible to do that. All I have to do is put my own slippers on. Let me find my own ease and comfort. The problem is I don't know how to find ease and comfort without food. I've used food And other things that I call my little bag of tricks that I use for ease and comfort. Mm -hmm. It's all I want. I need to find a new brand, a new type of ease and comfort, a new place for that. It happens to be that I'm going to find it in my higher power. I don't know how to do that yet. But the steps are going to introduce me. It's going to unblock me. Nancy was talking on page 55. What am I blocked by? I'm blocked by... uh, Ego, my pomp, it's all about me, self-importance. I can't even see anything about any of you guys because my head's so far up my ass, <laughs> right? And calamity, this is the noise in my head, all my problems that I have. I have so many problems. You, Oh, you'd eat too if you had the problems that I had, my stress level, and then the worship of other things. What else am I blocked by? What am I putting before God? Food, I'm worshiping food because that's, that's what's ruling my mind 24-7 what think about what you think about most of the day and if you're abstinent it might not be food but what is it you know that's probably what you're putting before God so Nancy said we have to unblock right I can't know God until I unblock get rid of all of this debris of self and then all of a sudden God will pop up through me like a beach ball that's been held down (laughs) it's really great imagery right So really, it means I really don't have to do anything. It's not a program of addition, it's a program of subtraction. What am I getting rid of? And the first thing I'm getting rid of is me. (laughs) So on 62, I need to get out of the way. Selfishness and self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. And the root is always gonna be concealed. It's underneath, It's it's lying, you don't see it, but it's nourishing the tree. Everything that's growing, the fruit that it's giving off is going to be selfish fruit, right? All my actions are selfish because my thoughts are selfish. I can't have anything other than, you know, the byproduct of what my thoughts are. That's what's gonna happen. So it tells me that above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. It doesn't say I have to stop eating and then I'll be okay. Cause the big book just told me I can't stop eating. I'm powerless. It tells me you are gonna eat Maria unless you find a higher power. I buy into that today. I get spiritual, and guess what? Abstinence is a byproduct of that. I can't get abstinent. I willfully put the food down in the beginning, take the 12 steps, I get spiritual, and then all of a sudden it just happens for us, right? But first I have to get rid of this selfishness, and it says here, I can't wish it away. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power, multiple step one experiences. I'm even powerless over this. We had to have God's help. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. Do I see that? Bill just spent two pages showing me how I play God. Do you see how you play God? You have to see that. If you don't say it, you're not gonna quit. You're just not gonna quit. If you don't see it and see the ridiculousness of it and the futility and the fatality of it, you're not gonna stop. So I needed to have this pounded into me. My sponsor calls this the kit of self-will. If I'm not living in the kit of spiritual tools, I'm living in the kit of self-will. So, first of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decide that hereafter in this drama of life, God is going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Now... Maybe I don't have a really great concept of God, right maybe i I really don't okay i I did coming in here, I really did have a loving God. I was blocked off by him because I was so willful and you know calamity and ego and worship of other things. but what if you don't have a concept? This paragraph actually will give us a concept that is workable. What if I can have this higher power direct my life? First, I have to realize that I am a bad director. I can't direct anymore. I've pummeled myself into the ground in so many ways. So am I willing to have a new director? Yeah, I can do that. Why? Because I suck. (laughs) How about this one? Am I ready to have a representative that I can go out and work for? Because I'm so tired of being the boss. I'm so exhausted. You tell me what to do, and I'll go do it. I like that. And the reason I'm willing to do that is because, again, I'm pummeled. I'm beaten. I can't do it. And what about this? Am I willing to have something that I can trust in that will provide me what I need? Why am I willing to do that? Because I can't provide what I need. I think I know what I need, and I get it, and it's still not working. Right? So there's three areas here. The director, the principal, the father, Mm -hmm. whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. For me, I use father because that's what I need it. But my higher power is sometimes my mother. It's a feminine power. It's a masculine power. Whatever I need, I pull that in because that's it works for me. It's not a man on a cloud, all right? For me, I know that much. But it is a power that's going to give me whatever I need. I can get around this stuff. I can get around this. So my sponsor makes me realize, like, Do you get that you are a horrible manager of your life? Are you ready to have something bigger than you manage? Good, you're on your way. That's all you need to know. And the biggest thing that I am managing is my own recovery and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm running the show with that and I'm making stuff up as I go along. How about I just use a guide, have her shine the light on my path, do what she tells me to do because I trust her because she's not telling me anything other than what is in this book I like that I'll follow you if it's aligned with this book I'll challenge you if it's not in here right and that's just who I am okay I don't want to be drawn down the wrong path I want to be drawn to the right path the next on page 63 there is a wonderful wonderful paragraph but it is a carrot on a stick it's the third step promises Everybody thinks, wow, I'm going to take step three, and this is what I'm going to get. Nope. No. This happens when you complete the entire program. Now, tell me if you don't want this. Mm. When we sincerely took a position, what position? Step three, I'm not in charge. Mm -hmm. All sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all powerful, the new employer provides what I need if I keep close to him in step 11 and perform his work well in step 12, right? I can't do that right now, but it's given me some, it's something to look forward to, right? Mm-hmm. Established on this footing, I become less and less interested in myself. Well, it's telling me I'm selfish and self-centered. <laughs> I want that. I want my problem to go away. Yeah, I want that. More and more, I'm going to become interested in seeing what I can contribute to life. I'm not a taker anymore. Believe me, I can be but most days if I'm spiritually connected, I'm constantly at looking for where I can give. Where do you need me today, God? Where do you need me today? Who do I need to talk to? You put them in my path. And as I feel this new power flowing through me, as I enjoy peace of mind, as I discover that I can face life successfully, as I become conscious of his presence, I begin to lose my fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter, I am reborn. Who doesn't want that? I get chills every time I think of that. And that's my experience. That is my experience as a recovered woman. It's true. It can happen. It can really happen. So I got to do some work, though. There's a lot of steps between 3 and 12, right? Mm -hmm. So now I'm ready. What am I ready to do? All right, God's getting me ready for something. He's not getting ready for me to, like, eat like a normal person (laughs) and be in a normal body size so I can go live off in the sunset somewhere happy in my beach house. That's not what God's getting me ready for. You know, I've got, like, a primary purpose to stay abstinent and help other women and men stay abstinent too, right? So what am I what am I getting into? I'm, I'm going to get into a contract here with God. And my contract is, let's break it down. God, I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me whatever you want. I am your puppet. Mold me, right? I'm the clay. You're the potter. Relieve me of the bondage of self, not food. Because I can't do that, I'm powerless. But God can remove me, the bondage of self from me, and that I may better do his will. Clear me out so I can do his work. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them can show other people that they can have this lifestyle too. That they can do this too. And how am I going to do this? I I don't have the power. But he does. It's through his power, his love, and his way of life. May I do those things always. It tells me I have to think well before taking this step because I'm signing a contract with God, really. And I'm not, I'm a full-grown woman. I'm not jumping into anything, you know, half-heartedly. I want to be of sound mind and body when I take this. And I yes, I'm dying here. I will do this contract, right? Um, The other posturing is I have to abandon myself utterly to him chill on that for a minute am I ready for that and the only reason I can say yes is because I don't want to die okay the wording is, of course is quite optional as long as you express the idea voicing it without reservation sometimes my third step prayer in the morning is God you're, I'm your puppet you do with me whatever you want Take me where you want to take me Show me who Put the people in my path Who you need me to help That's, It's that simple Use me Use me is a great third step prayer mm-hmm. The wording is optional As long as you voice it Without reservation I'm not going into this Half heartedly With one foot in my old life And one foot in the new life Decision comes from the root word Scissore in Latin Which means to cut away All other options If I cut away that stuff that means I don't, I don't get to take it back again. <laughs> I don't. And this, you know, going in and out of God's will, you know, like I, I got to be all in. I'm ready to be all in. And uh, that will cover step three. So um, thanks for listening.